Welcome to Belmont Banter, the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC. Every week we chat to ex-players, supporters and invited guests here on Belmont Banter. Welcome to the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. summed it up any better. Even the two look the two immediate fixtures we've got coming up, which is Herne Bay and Ashford, or Ashford and Herne Bay, they were the ones that really we walked away with no points and it was, they, were, they were immensely disappointing because we actually at times we didn't perform that badly and it was just some so I think you hit the nail on the head there. Ramsgate was one of those ones where we you know looking at the fixture they weren't doing so well. Although they just picked up against pick up results. You know they had uh, they were they were improving. Um, it was one where we were a little bit disappointed we didn't get three points. But in actual fact, by the end of the game, as we discussed last week, it was probably fortunate in, after Dan made two penalty saves that we moved away with a point. So a sweep, really. Yeah, and that was the feeling really with with Ashford. We lost two one, but we played really well. We put them yeah. under the cosh, and yeah, Larry scored a whole goal. Um, he did. Very very frustrating for you as a manager that was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was, um, it was really in doubt whether the fixture was going to be on because it was a boxing day fixture. We all know the the, the fight. So yeah, oh, it was horrendous. It was absolutely. Yeah. There was, you know, there was real doubts whether the game was going to be on. Clubs probably look at two or three fixtures through the season, knowing that that they are not, not necessarily money spinners. I think that's the wrong way of putting it, but they're certainly. They certainly add to the kitty and yeah. Boxing Day, Boxing, you know, Bank Holiday, uh, Bank Holidays, and Boxing Day, uh, as well as New Year's Day as well. But obviously, you only have one of those games at home. So Boxing Day was really for us, to, you know, try and get it on at all costs. Um, the yeah. weather was horrendous. The pitch was absolutely, you know, it was it was it was drenched. It was it was playable. Just we also knew that the ramifications of playing that fixture was gonna. You know, already a, a pitch that was wasn't wasn't the greatest. Sadly, it was certainly going to push it over the edge, and and, and that was the case. You know, we, we did everything we could to get the game on. Full credit to the groundsman John, who, who done a marvellously to get the game on, and everyone around the grounds. You know, to make to make sure it was all safe, all safe. But uh, the, the game itself, I remember we were there were there were I think they just moved themselves up to second place, and they were then fighting Hastings for the league. 
obviously, you know, to be to, to top of the league. We missed a good couple of chances early on. Uh, we started really positively, really brightly. I think Harry forced the keeper with a couple of saves as well as we hit the bar, and that was before they scored. And then when they did score, yeah, it kind of took the stuffing out of us. I don't think we deserved to be 1-0 down. Harry then came in the second half and produced an absolute probably goal of the season, to be perfectly honest. He cut inside from the right and stuffed one top corner from 30 yards with his left foot. And then we were just disappointed we didn't see, you know, get anything out of the game because that they then, I think they then uh, broke on us with about, about 20 minutes to go, I think, 20 minutes, half an hour to go, and they ended up winning the game 2-1. And, and it was, it, yeah, it was... It was nice in one aspect that we were able to compete for the side second in the league, but we had nothing to show for it, and that was the one that was disappointing for us because our performance probably merited or deserved at least a point. Yeah, you're right. And there's a couple of things I'd just like to throw into the hat myself. First of all, you've touched on the ground staff at the club. Yeah. And what a wonderful job they do there because talking about unsung heroes, they're down there two or three times a week, all weathers. Although the pitch wasn't perfect by any means at all, we got a game on. Yeah, that's absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's it's something that's really fresh in my mind because I was down on the ground last week helping out doing some painting and the amount of work that goes on behind the scenes down there. And that's not just you know this. I know I'm talking about the now, but the the work that's going on at the club is just is just just amazing. Everything with 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 the sort of shoestring budget that we have. We are able to, you know, pull upon all volunteers, whether it's the youth coaches, whether it's whether it's just volunteers from from you know from the Whitstable community, and and they're in and helping out. And and to be perfectly honest, it's exactly the same regarding the the, the ground or the, or the pitch during that time over the Christmas period. Well, I've already touched upon previously about serious bouts of bad weather that we had, and 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 they did miracles and marvellous, especially that Boxing Day to get that game on. So. Um, yeah, yeah, a huge, a huge well done during that period because it was, it was certainly tested. It was, and I'm going to put a spin on the um, the counter argument for um, G3 pitches and the like because uh, uh, chairman of uh, Ashford Don uh, and and indeed vice chairman, I get on well with them. I always have a bit of banter with them. They're not everyone's cup of tea, but then probably we're not. You know, it's just yeah. how things are. But I get on okay with them, and he's always having a bit of a dig about how to pitch. So I have a bit of a dig about their carpet, and uh, you know, it's just it's just friendly banter. But yeah. I do take his point. I mean, the pitch at the Belmont wasn't the best, but then um, you know it's the same for both sides. We go there sometimes, and it doesn't suit our style of play. But you know, you, you do what you do, don't you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it was we we were aware of the situation. The good thing is is that you know, no player came in, obviously. Players would love an ideal playing surface. You, you, you know, you would love that. Sadly, um, the good the good thing about our boys is that they're aware that it wasn't quite how we wanted it. It certainly wasn't a distraction for them. We just knew that we probably had to change things around a little bit. You know, we probably weren't going to be able to play as much free flowing football as we would have want, wanted. Uh, we used the example of how. Hastings had travelled down to a week or two previously and how they were able to manage the conditions well. And to be honest, I think both sides did on that on that boxing day. Both sides did handle conditions well. It was just the fact that we were really disappointed that we didn't come out with anything when we probably, a draw would have been probably a fair result. Yeah, I totally agree. And then the next game was away to home by, and this was a league one. Previously, we played them in the cup and lost there. But this was the league, and we came away disappointing the game we must really wasn't it? Absolutely. It, it, do you know what? It's, it's one of those ones that you, sometimes you just hold your hands up and you, and you just can't, and you can't help but think, what, what, 
one trying to get at is that the three nil the three nil defeat was one we we feel we deserved. Um, when you looked upon the statistics, well, I think we had. Um, I'm going to have to go back and double check the statistics, but I believe it was somewhere between 18 and 20 entries into the box. This is first half. We had we had caused George the goalkeeper a few a, a few a few things. I think we did the post again as well. And 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 really, it was probably quite a close quite a close first half. But we felt that, especially in the centre midfield, TJ and Gilly were were outstanding that day and really did a good. Their ball retention was good. They were busy. They were strong. Um, they were really effective, and I personally felt that we walked off. I think we walked off at half time, two 0 down, and we were a bit perplexed how the first one was was a mistake was 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 poor defending by us. I think it was a long ball from the goalkeeper, and it just caught us out, which is unacceptable. I think the second one we made. I think Tom. I think Tom gave away a penalty. So there were two defensive errors when really we hadn't have done those. It, it, it was it was quite a close game, and they were the only things that made the difference. And we came at half time still positive, believe it or not. Um, more frustrated, but we certainly weren't, you know, sort of down, uh, down and, 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 and in the dumps. We just felt that if we had to come out, if we can come out now for the first 10, 15 minutes of the second half and, and maybe nick one, then it's going to be a completely different game because really, I don't think our performance levels were, were that bad. It, it's just a reflection of the scoreline. I remember speaking to family, friends after, family and friends afterwards and they said, oh, Christ, 3 0, that's. Well, really, that probably didn't paint an accurate picture of, of what the game was all about. Um, uh, their lad then, after about 20 minutes, half an hour to go, to come in, cut inside, which again was a defensive error by us. We allowed the lad to step inside onto a stronger left foot and he bent one in top corner. And that was the fine, you know, those were the fine margins. A fair play to Herne Bailey. Same as Ashford, there were two sides on the crest of a wave and doing really, really well. I agree, you know, that I don't want to sort of sound too bitter about it, but I certainly feel that probably Herne Bay probably did deserve the victory. I think 3-0 probably flattered them a little bit and, and in all honesty, uh, had we not made those errors that we had, then it probably would have been a closer, closer encounter. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that first goal after three minutes, as you say, it was a big George yeah. hoof down the field. Um, yeah, but, I mean, that's, you know, that's tactics, isn't yeah. it? You know, one of their wide players yeah. on his side, and they, 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 they pushed their wide players up really high. I, I remember speaking to Ben Smith afterwards, and um, he said that he'd asked these lads, to, you know, two wide players to be uh, to be kind of cheating a little bit to be able to play more expansive auctions, to play more on the counter-attack. Um, it left them open a little bit, but we were unable to capitalise on that, and they were able to uh, able to um, deliver the goods when when they needed to. So fair play to them; they were able to able to get the goals, and we weren't. And we made silly errors defensively; they were solid defensively. The tails of two ends of the pitch, um, which we probably touched upon quite a few times this, this these these videos, but they were the ones that left us disappointed. And considering these two tough games against Ashton and Herne Bay. I really felt that we probably could have, we should have, our performances as a whole, probably deserve, probably deserve more than we got out of it. But, you know, if you're going to leave yourself open and concede silly goals, then, then you're, um, yeah, well, you can't really ask for much. No, you're right there. Well, we'll, uh, we'll carry on after asking a few questions. The next game uh, is at home to Seven Oaks, but we'll touch on that in a moment. So going back to uh, questions, and thanks to everybody for sending them in. Uh, this is question eight, would you believe? I don't know where the time's gone, but uh, it's kept us all uh, in touch as far as football is concerned. Certainly done me a bit of good, and I'll probably help you as well, Lloyd. Yeah, 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 certainly. This is, this is a really good one. It's our old mate Geoffrey Collins again, and uh, Geoffrey's come up with a really good one. This is funny. He said, well, Lloyd, what do you think? I was watching and listening to session six this morning at the same time as Ian Foreman was in my house doing work. <laughs> also, 
Ian and I had been talking about how well he got on and off on the field with David. The amusing bit Lloyd came out with about Ian seemed, seemed even more amusing with, with Pulley only being yards away. And he finished <laughs> off and said, thanks again for another brilliant session. Lloyd, your answers are always, always most interesting and full of content, which I most appreciate. Wishing you all the best. So that wasn't really that was just a, a you know a little bit of a, a nice yeah you know, it's right yeah it's a small world it's a small world it is uh, oh, it really is yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have to try and see if we can get hold of Dave Corey and I'll uh, have a little chat with Dave and because uh, he was a good lad when he was at Whistler I like Dave a lot, a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah you know the funny thing about being um, in a football club like this a local when these boys join the club for the short time they're with us I mean some of some are with us for extended period of time. Quite often it's a season, maybe two seasons, maybe three seasons. They become like family. They'll move away and you wish them well, they do their own thing and when they come back, you know, it's so nice to see them at the Belmont again, you know. And everybody all sort of go up to them and say how you're doing, you know, thanks for all your help when you were with it. And that to me, that's local football. That's what it's all about. Absolutely, it's, it's lovely, really, and that's something that we want to continue, isn't it? You know, we we spoke about how we're integrating um, as much as the youth side through as possible. I think we just want to make it as much of a family experience. I know Steve Clayton has mentioned that before, a family experience where you can come to the ground, you can enjoy the game of football, and, and there's no prima donnas. And you know, if, if if the other kids want to go over and and and, and sit next to the players, then great. And 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 you know, ex players. Coming back in and, and, and coming back to the ground, um, it's always nice to see. And um, yeah, especially at Whistable, it's always been it's always been the most welcoming. Yeah, it's really good. Um, actually, your comment then about the youth and the kids and that this leads on from a question I've had in from Oscar. Whistable Town Football Club's main sponsor is FibreTech UK Limited. He says, "Hi, mate. Hope you're all okay. Wish Lloyd all the best for the coming season." He says, "A question for your next chat with the minute manager." With the new youth policy at the club, can Lloyd see in the next 10 years or so a first team where most of the players come from the youth set? Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's I think it's it's a lot to ask. Let's not be, you know, let's 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 try and be kind of realistic about this situation. But I certainly feel that a large majority should be should be that should be their focus and their aim. Or, and the club's aim in particular. I can only relate to the times previously in my old club when we managed, and I think we had sort of 70, 70, 80% of the squad was, was very locally based, and, and probably 50, 60% of them come through the youth. So it was, it's, it's certainly doable. You're obviously relying on, on, on good players coming through as well. We are in a position as, you know, as a senior club where we are looking to be able to promote from the youth. We must understand as well that, that as I said, it's not going to just be handed to a, to a youth player. It's they've got to go and earn it, and and if they're good enough, then they'll play. So that's certainly that's certainly the aim. That's certainly the project of what we're looking to try to try and do to make sure that players throughout throughout all the youth all youth age groups realise that there is a pathway through. It's going to be hard work. It is going to be tough, but that's certainly there's no better feeling from you know from from the club itself and for the community. When you've got a side that are good, challenging, you know, challenging and competing at, at a decent level of football, that are all homegrown players, and I, I don't think there's anything more satisfying than that, to be quite honest. No, you're absolutely right. And, and on that uh, note, I'll, um, I'm just going to say this now because Steve, our chairman, watches it, so he, he knows what we're talking about. He knows what's going on. I had a thought the other night. I was thinking, with the amount of teams that we've got at the club, and it's something like 25, I believe, you know, with all the girls and 
reserves squads, a whole lot. There's a lot, a lot of people involved right now. What about a giant picture uh, before the start of the season, once the season starts, when you've got them all in front of the the, uh, the Belmont stand, and uh, that would be some picture. Yeah, it, eh? yeah, that would be. Yeah, that's a that's a really good idea. I think it would it would, it would take a, it would take a bit of managing, but I certainly feel well. Yeah. You know, Imagine hanging that in the clubhouse; it would take up all the wall. So that that's certainly that would be a yeah, it's a great yeah, idea. Right. Oh yeah, great okay. idea. Hopefully that. Okay, okay. listen, Steve, we're waiting for you to give yeah. another. No pressure, Steve. Well, we've got a perfect photographer to take it, haven't we? In Les, so there's no yeah. no question more. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Okay. Uh, right, we'll go back to um. Oh yeah, this, this is a quick one. Quick one from Richard Tanner. Can Lloyd ask? Was Wally Downs his manager at Brentford? That's the question. Yeah, he was. was yeah, he, he gave him a good. Right. Yeah, he was. He, yeah. This, this um, is where it gets interesting. Right. And what's it like to work with? As he did have a very fiery temperature when I remember him as a player at Wimbledon in the eighties. Yeah, so was he fiery? He, he, yeah, he just he just had a massive aura about him, um, one that you wouldn't want to cross. He was he was very intelligent, very witty, so he was able to sort of shoot you down and put you back in your place with you, with, with the things that he was able to communicate, how he was able to communicate. He was you know, a very witty guy. You could never catch him out. So that was always one it was always one thing that stuck in my mind that you you, you know you never wanted to, to to make him unhappy. I I was I was lucky during the summer. I spoke to Wally um, and asked if I because he was manager of AFC Wimbledon at the time. So fortunately, I, I spoke to Wally and asked if I could go up and uh, observe their pre-season training. And he was most accommodating, made me part of the, of the coaching staff, and actually went to one of the games, which was coincidentally against Brentford actually. So I was able to meet some old old, old friends, but. I think it's yeah he was he was in his first his first managerial job. I read something that he put out the other day that he you know he learned an awful lot from it. I think he used the terms of a bit wet behind the ears, which I thought was a really good really a really good way of putting it. But um yeah yeah he was if you can if if if, if Richard remembers the times when he was at the Crazy Gang of Wimbledon, I don't think he was too far. You're probably picturing the same sort of person as to what he what he was as a manager. He's, yeah, you certainly wouldn't want to certainly wouldn't want to cross him, and certainly wouldn't want to let him down. So I was very grateful he gave him my debut. So um, yeah, hold him in the highest highest esteem. Good, that's nice. Uh, just a quick one up behind my shoulder. You can see the Whitstable Town uh, Football Club uh, coat, and the reason that's hanging there is I had somebody contact me the other day, and they asked me. Why was I wearing all the old shirts? Well, they're just mm-hmm. ones out of my wardrobe, you know, the Whistle Town shirts. I haven't got one of the ones with the latest sponsors on it, which is unfortunate. And I've had a conversation with you before we started, and you said that they're all locked away. Well, I, I'm not going to go down there taking any of those at the moment with the, with this virus around. They've all got to be steam cleaned, sanitised, checked, or whatever. I'm only We'll try and get one over to you. Well, I'm, I'm going to down the, uh, the ground in the next uh, few days and uh, just right, okay back to games again this one was at home to um, Seven Oaks in the league it was the one all draw it was one of those games again where we've touched on this so often we left it so late didn't we Marshall yeah. Ratton scored the 89th minute and well that just lifted yeah. the Belmont we were we were a bit flat all the supporters yeah. I say not- uh, I, th- I think you're right um, to to Two things really. One was the fact that we've come off the back of two defeats when we probably didn't deserve them. So confidence is always going to take a bit more of a hit. Sometimes if you play really poorly, 
you play really bad, you can kind of draw a line under it. You, you know, you, everyone has their say. You draw a line under it, and you're able to go right. Okay, that's not quite. You know, we haven't performed. Um, we move on to the next one. I think there were positives to take out the Ashford and, and the and the Herne Bay game. And I think sometimes that's just as can lead to a little lack of confidence because you kind of think that things are running against you. And why is that when we're actually playing okay? So I think it was always difficult. You know, you roll your sleeves up and you get on with it. The second point I wanted to make was it's now the first game back to the Belmont since the pitch got absolutely tortured against uh, against Ashford. So now the pitch is is like is the aftermath of the, of the carnage, if that makes sense. So yeah. we, again, it wasn't pretty. I remember us conceding the first goal. I think Liam King scored. We got turned over the top again. Going back to those defensive situations, there were things that were really really frustrating for us because we were kind of in game. We were in games all the time, um, and then maybe just one little lapse of concentration was costing us quite dearly. We went into the second half. I think I dropped Marshall Bratton couple of games before and he uh he responded really really well and a fair play to the kid you know he came in with us obviously for the month we then had re-signed him i felt you know i spoke to marshall about it i felt he just kind of wouldn't have said the comfort zone i don't think that's the right thing right thing to say but generally when a player first arrives they have a really quite high peak in their performance level and I just felt maybe he was just plateauing with his performance levels. A change to the Herne Bay games had Marcus Elliott, and then again went with Marcus Elliott for the, uh, the Seven Oaks game. And the good thing that was really, really pleasing is some players, they go into their shells if they don't necessarily, you know, if they're not starting, um, they, they, they could get despondent. Marshall's attitude was absolutely first class. He, he, you know, he, he took it on. He was the first one to say, no, I haven't been performing as well as I should have done. I completely understand. And it was really nice then to see him come on and score the goal. I think TJ we brought on, I think he was carrying a little niggly injury as well. So TJ came on and set the goal up for the equaliser. And the whole second half, really, we peppered them. We had a goal. I believe we should have had a goal before early in the first half, second half as well. I think there was a, I think Les um, standing behind the goal set the ball across the line quite clearly, yes. but the line hadn't seen it. So... Again, you know, all the things sometimes run against you, but you've just got to keep working and plugging away and, you know, and, and try and, and create that belief that, look, lads, you know, you will get through it through hard work. And, and to be honest, we've got our just, just rewards again. You know, we equalised in the last minute, uh, but I felt second half, our performance level. It wasn't necessarily how we performed regarding the, you know, the style of play we were, but we were just relentless in our task to just make sure we got the equaliser. Again, it was probably probably the least the boys deserved, especially after sort of a tricky week or two. No, that's great, and uh, yeah, good summing up on that game because uh, it was it was a bit of a turning point for Marshall in a way mm. because we followed on then the next game we were away in the cup uh, to Welling, and a little backstory to that. I mean, we've already touched on it a bit, but I'll go over it again. I mean, when we arrived at the ground, they were buzzing because they got a new manager in that day yeah. or that yeah. week. And it was very first game. And I spoke to one of their supporters and I said, what's the story behind this then? I said, what's he going to do today? Is he going to play uh, some of his mates, bring in new players? He said, no, no, he's got some good players at his club. He said, they just want to refresh themselves a bit, just like you said. You know, they yeah. sometimes play a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to put out a really strong side. So there were no under-16s or anything like that. There were no trialists in. He had a full squad. And boy, did we play well. Did we yeah, play yeah. well. 
We did. We had Tom Bryan got stuck in traffic around the M25. So young Josh Spencer came in. The come come in came in. Uh, we were off the back of quite a few games as well over, over the Christmas period. So I wanted to make sure that Leo Mazzone was getting as many minutes as he possibly could do as well. We've kind of had a little change around. Not much, not drastically. We then put Mark Ratton back in as well. So really, we, when you look through that side that started, Josh Spencer, TJ, Charles Atunmu, um, Marshall Ratton, John Yukua, they're all under 20. All under 20, I believe, or 20, 20 and under. So the age, you know, the average age group of our team was, was was really really young. As the game went on, the the longer the game went on, the more we were realising that actually we're just as good as these as this as this team are. So they started quite brightly. I think they got quite a fortunate goal. We hit the post and come back yeah. and hit down on the head and went in. Yeah. And you sort of think, oh, yeah. here we go. You know, the longer the game went on, the more we got in. I think we created a chance. John was, had had the beating with their left back uh, for most of the game. We were able to string some passes in around. I think the young lads Charles and TJ were realised, you know, they were able to realise that um, uh, they're able to compete with these players, not only physically but technically as well. Um, and it gets, like I said, we went in one nil down at half time, and it, it was a bit of a free hit for us. I felt that our fitness levels would, would, would improve, and I also said as well that you get one. They're a side that oh, they've, they've taken so many hits and knocks, as in confidence, over the year, because I think they were down the bottom of their, bottom of their uh, retrospective league. Um, yeah. you, you know, you only one, you know, one sucker punch to them was going to bring them down to their knees, and that's exactly yeah. what happened. As the game went on, we got stronger. There were loads and loads of tactical things that uh, that, that I watched. Uh, or I saw, it's probably the most watched game I watch on our VO system because there's so many, the amount of times I've revisited watching that game because there were so many good tactical things to be able to come out of it and highlights, you know, individual bits, collective bits and things that the players were able to able to see and, and, and to be able to uh, be able to do. Um, it's probably, like I said, the most revisited game that I, that I use on the VO system. But as the game went on, as for those 90 minutes, as the game went on, the stronger we got, and and we were well worth the victory. There's no, there was no doubt about that. A, a really, really, a really, really nice evening for us. We were, and one of the things I noticed a couple of times as well with with Maco, uh, he doesn't always do it, but when he does that little touch and spin and turn and go, so he releases the ball, gives the ball, and all of a sudden he's on his feet, and before you know where you are, you got the other two of space, and then he's moving it on again. You know, yeah. we were doing that all over the pitch. It was brilliant. It's, it's, confidence is a big thing, isn't it? You know, you, you do those things when you're confident. And the pitch was really nice. So I think that, that, makes, that made a big difference to us. The longer the game went on, the more confident those younger players got. I think they also understand that their fitness levels are really high. So we touched upon how the Guernsey game two weeks or three weeks previously, the longer the game went on, the more we were going to, you know, we were going to come to the forefront. The same as, as, as in that Welling game. Uh, the other thing is the other thing is that's important, and I know the players have been now. If we what are we now? It's the middle of January, early January, regarding the review. So some of those players, you know, they've never played with each other. So now all of a sudden, after three, four months, those players are beginning to build up a relationship. So John and Mac are now probably build up a relationship. They know each other's style of play. When to drop yeah. in short and have a one-two pass, or when to drop a shoulder and spin in behind, or or vice yeah. versa. And, 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 and the relationships, that's why I probably watched that game. There were so many good key points that, that, from a coach's perspective right. that, that I like reviewing. Uh, but again, the time that those players are having together, I believe now was just beginning to shine. Um, the relationships, the personal relationships the players were able to build up was, was, was coming to the front, which was really, really nice. 
Yeah, good. Well, I, I've, I've watched it two, well, more than two, two times, or three, three, maybe four times, but there's certain bits in it that, oh, gee, this, you think, wow. I know, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but you think, oh, why can't they do that all the time? But, of course, it's just the game, the opposition, whatever, but we certainly yeah. raised ourselves. Great. Really good thing. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. They are providers of optical fiber services to the telecoms industry, specializing in optical fiber provision, local and long haul. We offer a full turnkey solution to our clients throughout London and the south of England. Contact us through the website for more details. Your host, Tony Rouse, every week on Belmont Banter for news about local football in Kent and beyond. I do hope that you've enjoyed today's episode of Belmont Banter. Don't forget there's a new episode out every week which comes out on a Sunday night, early Monday morning. And you can leave your suggestions for a guest to invite at the end. And leave a like and don't forget to pass it on to all your mates. Cheers. <laughs>